Welcome to the Data Lab podcast. My name is Brian Hills, and in this episode, we talk to four of the members of the Royal Bank of Scotland working across the business in data. We have Yaki Badenhorst, the Head of Insights and Analysis at Personal Banking PI, Greg Cowan, Head of Data Science for Data Innovation, Christina Christoffi, Software Development Engineer in Machine Learning, and Barry Shields, Head of Customer Data Science. With them, we cover a number of areas, uh, including embedding data across RBS as a business, the collaboration that we've had with RBS in the Data Lab over the last couple of years, from placements to innovation weeks. And we also talk about the wider collaborative ecosystem in Scotland, including the Bayes Centre at Edinburgh University. And we touch on the future of work and reskilling and the RBS Data Academy. Enjoy. Welcome, Yaki, uh, Christina. Barry and Greg to Data Lab Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for taking the time out to join us. Um, I want to start with you, Barry, if I can. So RBS, very large financial organisation. In terms of your journey with data across the organisation, can you describe to me how data plays a key part in the strategy of, of the bank? Absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, good to be here. Data, I think, is widely agreed to be fundamental and particularly as banking goes more and more into a digital space and so we see in key areas to simplify customer journeys to engage our customers through the digital and other channels um, and to innovate to help our customers throughout their lives data plays a big part across all of those and in terms of uh, the number of staff you've got working in data functions across the group Roughly, how many is that now? Because it's quite large, isn't it? It is. It is thousands, and it's growing. Yeah. So um, I think in a lot of roles, there is an element of data to whatever role that you do. So um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. And um, so operating at that scale, uh, Greg, mm-hmm. wonder if you could share an example of some of the initiatives in RBS to embed yeah. data across the business. Yeah. So I think you know, to get to get any insight into into customer journeys or you know products you know, data has to be the heart, the heart of what you do so a big you know piece of investment we've had over the past few years is the creation of a, a large data lake in the organization so that's really that's a central repository that we can use to collect and collate information about you know our customer transactions their interactions with the bank and we're now <coughs> starting to mine <coughs> mine that data lake and really sort of um, curate what's in there to give us um, the additional power to then make those sort of predictive analytics and machine learning that we want to do to you know take us to the next level yeah so the, a big investment in that and, and I think a big investment in, in skills and training as well that we'll touch on later okay. and in that journey could you give me an example of one of the most significant challenges so I guess is the biggest challenge on the technical side or is it on the people side or is it a mixture yes, of yeah a mixture of both but you know big thing is you know, it's a large organization lots of different functions spread across um, the country and in fact the, the world different silos of information and data he- held in, in those different locations so trying to connect that and pull it all together into one central place is, can, can be challenging and just being able to to you know get like a, a, a single view of a customer which is a kind of nirvana state we're trying to get to is a, is a you know something that we're definitely on, you know, on that journey and that will simplify how we can do things but it's definitely pulling everything together is, is, is tricky but um, having that, a data strategy that has data at the heart of what we do helps to facilitate that Great and just expanding on that um, Yaki so um, a lot of organisations we talk to we're talking about the models that they might use to embed analytics in their organisations so some might start off with a centre of expertise some might go for federated models what's the model that you guys are using just now and has that been a journey to get to that point have you experimented with other models so I would say the, the state that we've reached at the moment is probably kind of midway in between mm-hmm. so it is a federated model in the sense of you'd have different data functions looking at the franchises so we work in a franchise basis and all kind of managers you've got the retail bank the corporate bank the private bank and so in that we've got federated teams focusing on those areas but we do have communities that kind of cross collaborate or that's like there's a data science community that so it's you know you can have share based practice as well um but it's it's something that's kind of happened over time. Mm-hmm. But something that's strengthening as well. And I think as data has become such a core thing as part of the strategy for the bank, you know, people 
have to work together, especially when you have an organization our size, you can't do things in silos. Um, you have to work together because there's best practice and other bits of the bank that you'd want to share mm. as well. And interestingly on that, picking on that, going in a bit more detail, um, to be successful in that, you really need to develop culture around the organisation and yes. promote what you're doing. So can you give me an example of maybe one of the things in RBS that has been a focus on the cultural and um, promotion side to get people catalyzed to do that. Yeah, so one thing I would mention, I think the guys have kind of touched on already is, we shouldn't forget that although RBS is a big international financial institution, at its fundamental core, it's a business that supports people in their everyday lives, and it's the customer who's at the core. So everything that we do, we have to remember that our customers or the people who are impacted by the decisions we make as well. So, you know, that's got multiple implications. The main thing being that, especially in the data side, when we make decisions based on the data, the data has to be of a good quality so we can make the best decision for the customer. But also we need to make sure there aren't kind of any unconscious biases within those decisions as well. Um, you know, people would like to think of financial institutions as being purely profit-driven, mm. but we need to do what's best for our customers as well and it's that kind of culture that is throughout all of RBS but I would say definitely as, as part of the, the kind of the date side of it as well I don't know if, Brian Greg if you've got kind of anything to add with I mean I guess on, on, the, on the kind of culture side that you mentioned the big thing we have from the, the community is the we organise you know monthly calls where we get people together to discuss the projects they work on the tools they're using then the techniques that I think helps to share and come fosters that collaboration between different teams in the different parts of the business. We have, you know, code sharing repositories. So we use use Bitbucket to share code and, and algorithms between the different teams. We have, month, um, I guess, a quarterly um, Kaggle challenges. So we, we run little data challenges ourselves using RBS um, data sets and set them as challenges to other parts of the business to try and solve some some particular problem. So that gives a bit of collaboration, a bit of competition as well, which is useful to get, you know, kind of bragging rights for some teams to sort of show that they're doing really well. And we also run um, kind of conferences every, maybe twice a year, but we again focus on, we just had one two weeks ago, focus on data, data fest, so really showcasing what we can do in the organisation um, internally with using all these new tools and techniques that we have. I think that was a big success though. You know, two weeks ago, I think got feedback from other parts of the business that are not really maybe data focused was, like, wow, we, we can't believe we have all this capability in the organisation to do some of this stuff ourselves. So that was really a quite good bit of feedback that we got, and it shows that we're starting to have an impact across the organisation, but having data at the heart of what we do. Fantastic. Yeah, I think I think I'm, I mean I might add as well. Um, I think we're going more and more to people specialising in certain fields mm. um, and the bank as we said there's a lot of people using data um, and they're, they're in different parts of the organisation so it's really important that we pull our resources together around you know the opportunities and so when we present an opportunity now we'll be thinking more about well what who are the best people to help with that problem wherever they are in the organization and then putting together in a lab format or a short kind of spike where we, we just get people in a room to work together um, from the various dif different disciplines. I think that really helps, helps that community operate well. You mentioned um, get people in a room working together. So at Data Lab, we've been experimenting with different working practices. Room. Yeah, I was going to say, so I know at Google Burn, there's a lot of hot desking, and that's the way the world's going in terms of uh, over-provisioning, I guess, or under-provisioning desking, doing the hot desk piece, which we've tried. Um, I wonder, but um, so my experience in working in data, though, you like to have you like to have silence and work through the problems. Um, how do you... How do you create the right environment for your data teams to work? Do they work in open plan? Do they work in different offices? Is that a mix? Yeah, I mean, it depends It depends what they're doing because sometimes it is working within a specific team that has a consistent demand for the, the services that they provide. But we do experiment much more now on the labs that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we actually use Bayes to do that. Um, so we, we run a spike event every month and uh, not always at Bayes, but we, we do sometimes have it at Bayes. 
and it is kind of putting people in one space together um, with peace and, and peace and quiet is actually what they, yeah. the guys feedback that they like the most just to have no distractions on emails and meetings but they've, they kind of centralise around one problem and working together in that um, and that's ultimately what most data analysts want to do is to work with the data yeah. funnily enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess Christina what's your kind of daily experience so when I got into the organisation I really didn't know what to expect and we've got many channels that bring all the um, all the colleagues that work with data together I'm part of the data community and we've got um, a channel with almost daily posts where we can collaborate and ask questions and people from all over the bank can answer which is really helpful um, so my experience has been great so far there's lots going on lots of opportunities in their organization it's a huge organization so there's lots to to do and to explore so yeah it's, it's been great so far okay well, let's move on uh, to collaboration with data labs so we're delighted that we've been collaborating with rps over the last couple of years um, and maybe to start with with you greg because actually in our data talent event as part of data fest which is the kind of collider where we bring people looking for uh talent with those who are looking to get jobs you went to one of them and actually met rbs through that yeah. sure can you share your story with us yeah sure so I, yeah i spent a lot of time um in a previous career at the university and um, working in research and then realised you know that was going that was coming to an end. Um, wanted a new challenge, and the whole kind of data space was uh, exploding really. And it was great to see in Scotland we had such a kind of vibrant, you know, data community. Lots of meetups, you know, the base centre, for example, data uh, data lab, all kind of coming together. And obviously saw data talent was was available. Figured sounds like a good place to go and see what's out there for you know, prospective employers. And then just you know from spending the full day there happened to you know talk to some people at RBS met my now now boss yeah, Graham at, at the event he was talking at one of the keynotes um, uh, that, that day and just one one thing led to another and we ended up you know having some more conversations and then got, got offered the job so it was a really I think it just shows to people that if you you know just take the chance go to these events talk to people and you never know who you can who you meet and what, what will happen after that so it's been really really successful and it's good to see that things are continuing to get even bigger you know over the past couple of years so and if i remember it was your research gravitational waves and uh, no, i was doing particle physics particle so physics, i worked at cern yeah and no. um, so how did you transition from doing that to working in a large corporate finance <laughs> uh, organization it's a, it's a it's a yeah a bit of a change definitely um I mean, so I, I, I'm a heart. I'm a kind of data guy, so I just like to, you know, play with data, understand what the, the relationships between data. So that in some sense, there's a lot of similarity between that and what I was doing before. I think a big part of it also is the collaboration aspect. So, in an academic world, there's a huge collaboration, sharing of knowledge and experience between people. I think we're getting much better at that in in RBS as well through the, the communities that we have. So I do see parallels. There's lots of similarities. There's also lots of differences, lots of, you know, I think a big thing coming from that world into RBS is, you know, the importance you have to place on, on risk and, and governance and just making sure you're really doing the right thing with, with the data. So we, you, you have those aspects in some degree in, in research, but it's much more front and centre in what we do in RBS, making sure you're keeping the customer safe and you're, you're keeping yourself safe by, you know, handling data in the, the correct way with the correct policies and governance in place so that you're not subject to any sort of data breaches or anything like that so that's really a, a, a crucial part of what we do and it's, it's very much that was a quite a um quite a difference to what i had before and christina from your perspective you're you're a master student data lab master student um and you'd went to data town as well so what was your experience of going to that event so <clears throat> when i first went to the event I didn't have many expectations to be honest uh, i've been to many recruitment events in the past as a student so I thought, okay, it's going to be another one. But actually, it was completely different because you had the exhibition with um, so many organizations from a variety of industries. You had large, orga large organizations and startups, but the conversations in all the stalls were around data. And you don't have the, the opportunity to have that in, I think, any other uh, recruitment event. So being able to talk to so many 
professionals and recruitment um, agencies around data was really amazing and it was a great experience when you're a student and you're looking for your first job. Um, so I guess what data talent really helped me with um, was to explore more industries that I would like to apply my skills in. I was always interested in banking and finance, but after the event, I started thinking about, oh, I can use data in the oil industry or many other um, opportunities out there. So yeah, it kind of really opened my eyes and it gave me a bit more insight of how organizations use data. Uh, after talking to many of the stalls, I got an idea of what the day-to-day -day, uh, life of our data scientists looks, looks like. So yeah, it was really great and inspiring event, really. And then following that, um, the the placement, you chose a placement with RBS. So can you take me through that that journey from from being a student into placement and then, um, then working with the guys? So um, I really got inspired to work for RBS after data talent. Um, as Greg mentioned, um, Graham did a presentation for RBS. And after I saw the presentation, I, th I thought, oh, that's a... RBS is doing very cool things. So um, through the placement process, you don't really get to choose who you're going to work with. I really wanted to work for RBS. Uh, we filled in a form with preferences. I had banking as my first option, and luckily I got matched with RBS. Um, I was then invited to do an interview, and I thought, okay, this is a very big opportunity. I had to really do well in this. Um, I did my interview, I thought it went quite all right. Uh, and then on the same day, I got a call from MBN and I thought they just want to check how it went. And actually I got the, the offer on the day. I was so excited, I literally screamed on the phone. <laughs> uh, because you get to build a relationship with the data lab and with MBN, I felt very comfortable to actually express my excitement and I literally screamed on the phone. Um, so yeah, the process was very straightforward. Uh, I got a project exactly what I was looking for and the placement itself was a great experience. I think from the MSc year, the placement really gave me so much experience. Um, I got into the organization and I thought, okay, I, I might get a bit of attention, but it was definitely more than that. So I got in the department and I was so surprised of how friendly and approachable everybody was. They already knew who I am and that I'm a data lab student, I'm doing a placement. They were all aware of who I am and what I'm doing. And they showed a lot of interest in my project, on my progress, they were very willing to help. And even though it was just three months, I got involved in so many activities like department calls. I did a lot of presentations, um, the away day of the department, nights out. So by the end of the placement, I really felt like I've been the team forever and I couldn't imagine living. So yeah, I was really glad when I was offered a permanent role. And yeah, it's been a year of me being in the department and I still love it. Fantastic, amazing. And and from your perspective, Yaki, how did you become aware of the, the placements scheme in the first place? Mm -hmm. um, and then from an RBS perspective, um, what's been the most useful uh, aspect of it for you guys? So we became aware of it through just, I suppose, kind of the collaboration that we've been doing with the data lab mm -hmm. really and just the events we've been going to the profile that you guys gave on the, the placement but um, as far as kind of benefit to ourselves I think Christina sitting is kind of proof of that you know having the opportunity to have exposure to fantastic talent of the, the master's program guys <clears throat> but even the guys that we had coming in this year it's just a fresh perspective that they bring um, you know they they bring actually new ideas you know we, we kind of give them this is the business problem or something that we want you to solve but the way that they approach it because it's kind of it they bring their own fresh ideas with that as well and they just give kind of new life into what we're doing and um, so that's been fantastic and um, you know we're very grateful we were able to offer Christina and a couple of other guys permanent roles as well and we've as a department benefited from it but I think one thing that Christina's mentioned there as part of the placement, which I think is really important for anyone considering doing it, is to make the, the placement students as part of the wider team and organization as possible so that they're not kind of these are this isolated group, but that they're really part of the organization and part of the day-to-day -day rhythm as well. Um, because you, ben you get benefit both ways. 
and um, they've got their own ideas that they can impart they've actually got other you know, kind of their exposure and technical expertise mm-hmm. that some of our guys might not have um, which has been great and it's it's been a benefit to definitely to ourselves and Christina's learned a lot and I've learned a lot from Christina along the way as well so I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that at all Fantastic and, and you know we talked about the scale that RBS operates on and data teams um, you know let's go beyond our interaction with the data lab but typically how many um, graduates it could be undergraduates uh, masters or, or others that do you guys recruit every year I mean you must be trying to hoover as many up as you can yeah so it'll, be a, it'll be a big number so I suppose it'll be difficult probably for us in this room even to say from the bits that we know yeah I mean I, th- I think in, in, within an hour a data and analytics organisation. I think this year we had our own RBS data graduate scheme, which had thirty. Well, there's thirty news so that we've currently got forty graduates yeah. Yeah. that are rotating. So we kind of we put them in six month placements and they rotate around to get a feel for different teams. Mm-hmm. But yeah, forty. So that, that's the biggest mm-hmm. we've ever had. Yeah, right, um, yeah. And I, I totally agree with the the buzz it creates and the new ideas. It's, it's that's been a, a big benefit that I don't think we'd totally foreseen, but. Um, the the grads come in with a lot of enthusiasm, yeah. and um, you know really help the teams. Um, you inspire the teams to do things Definitely. differently. And I think helped help to drive the, the community events and the, the conferences yeah. that we run. They really help. They love to get involved in that stuff and help. You know, push that push that forward. So it's, it's great to hear that two way dynamic because often you think mm-hmm. you're just absorbing graduates yeah. and they go and do what they need to do, but actually to learn from them, yeah. embed them with what you're doing is amazing. So. Um, uh, Christina, from your perspective, what one piece of advice would you give to a, a student? Doesn't need to be a data lab student, but that's that's considering doing a placement. How would they make? How should they make the most out of it? So I guess the way I approached my MSc year in general was as an opportunity. It was a year. It was my final year as a student, so I thought I should make the most out of it. Uh, and I was really lucky that I was offered a placement. Uh, but I was trying to make the most out of the entire year. So then Data Lab introduced m- me and the rest of our cohort uh, to the data community. We're very lucky that we've got a very strong community in Scotland. So through the employability sk- skill session from MBN, I got a lot of confidence to actually go and talk to recruiters and data professionals, while in the past I was not very comfortable doing. Um, so my advice would be, just get involved, um, just work on it. It's not going to be perfect the first time you approach somebody to talk about data, uh, but it doesn't matter. You just build up your skills. And regarding the placements, again, when I start my placement, I didn't know if it's going to go well. I didn't know if I'm going to offer be offered um, a permanent role after that. But I knew that it's a big opportunity and I had to make the most out of it. So I was getting involved in many things. Um, I was willing to like talk to people about my project, get interest in what I'm doing. And yeah, I think if you do that, you can just get the most out of it. Even if you don't stay at the organization that you did your placement with, you're living with a lot of experience that yeah, can take onwards. I guess from you as well, did you move to Scotland to do the master's? So I moved to Scotland year. to do my first degree, my undergrad. Um, yeah, I studied maths in Glasgow Uni, and then I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, so I started looking into uh, the possible career paths, because uh, with maths they say you can do everything, but that's quite overwhelming. So I went to specialise in something, and I came across a data lab and data science in general. So I, I went into the MSc, and then I just loved my time in RBS, so I decided to stay and work here. Well, we're delighted that you stayed. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, Yaki, from your point of view, we're always encouraging feedback for what we do because we're evolving all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year we run it. So one thought from you on uh, placement process, etc. anything that you would recommend we should look at improving? So I think people being as well, for organisations, it's probably more for organisations than for yourselves, but to be as prepared as possible mm-hmm. before the students arrive. Um, there's nothing worse than getting really good talent through the door and then they have to wait for a week or two as everything kind of is sorted out around them, be that kind of access to the building, access to servers, access to data as well. Um, so for other organisations, we've run it now in the, in the finance department for the last two years, we've kind of got better 
every year at it, but uh, you know definitely to be as prepared as possible before they arrive. But um, one, I suppose, kind of point of encouragement as well is that whenever you have the because before the placement, you actually give a, a document of this is the business, this is the question mm. that they're going to answer. Um, try and make that as specific as possible, but be open and willing to be flexible in that as well. Don't be kind of so set on this is the only way that that question can be answered. Um, because then Christina and I, she, Christina helped this year with this year's cohort that were coming in, and we definitely realised that the students themselves would look at the question from a very different perspective and can actually answer in a much more efficient manner as well. So, so being open and flexible with that as well, I think is I would really encourage that for, for anyone thinking about um, taking on any placement students. Okay, thanks. And moving on, um, another component of what we do with the master students is the Innovation Week. And delighted that this year, in 2019, RBS chose to support that. Um, and Barry, you were leading that. So can you give a, an overview of um, why you chose to support the Innovation Week and, and what you got out of it as an organisation? Yeah, so we, we supported it... Um, I think as we've said before, there's a, there's a lot of emerging talent within in Scottish Scottish universities, and want to connect as much as possible with that. So any event like that, we're very keen to support, um, and it's a lot of fun as well. So it's good to get out of the normal working environment um, with guys in my team collaborating with students on a problem. So the the um, the challenge that we set to the students was on uh, the mortgage customer journey um, where there is a kind of a delay, I suppose, for customers nowadays where they apply for a mortgage and we're, they've passed the credit checks, but we need to do evaluation of the property. And that can sometimes mean, um, you know, surveyors physically coming out and valuing the property. and causing delay at a time when a customer just wants to know I, I can buy it and I want to put an offer in. Um, so our view is that with data, we should be able to do that in a much more automated way rather than physically getting somebody out to apply what in the end is a simple set of rules to value a property. Um, so we just kind of set that challenge to see what people would come up with because it is something that we've struggled with. Um, and it was a really, it was a really fun day, a couple of days. Um, and I guess the guys thought about it in a bit of a different way. Um, and one of the things with, that the ch the challenge event tried to do was to stop people jumping into the data straight away, um, but to kind of hold back and think, um, you know, how would you approach this? What are the different ways that you could tackle? And I think that actually ended up coming up with ideas that we hadn't thought of before. Um, so, yeah, it was a really, it was just, it was good to, collaborate, see, get an external perspective on an RBS problem, um, but probably more than anything, linking up with the, the students. Great. And then, Christina, you obviously, you'd have been in Innovation Week two years ago. How did you find it? So Innovation Week was a very interesting one. Um, obviously, we're data students funded by the Data Lab. Uh, so the assumption was that we're going to do some a week of cool machine learning things and uh, just spend the week coding. Um, so we got into innovation week, we were presented of the challenges. I was one for Scott Rail. we got into teams, we started working on it and then we realized, oh wait, we're not supposed to do any data science. Uh, we're supposed to um, work more on the design aspect, um, which was which was a challenge, <laughs> I believe, because you're a group of data scientists and all you want to do is dive into the data, but uh, it was a great lesson, actually. Um, even now in RBS, I tend to to apply this design thinking on what I do. I always take like uh, I always take a step back to think about the problem. I, I tend to get pen and paper and design the workflow or decision trees. Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> He's so many of my Shaking his head. That was <laughs> the, best, the best workbooks I've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah, this is something I learned for Innovation Week because I think instead of just start coding and then along the way figure out, you figure that, oh, this is not what I'm supposed to do, you just waste a lot of time. Uh, well, doing the design thinking before saves you a lot of time. You can actually track progress easier and when, you're, when your stakeholders are non-technical, it just brings the conversation 
into life and it's easier to have conversations um, and connect the business knowledge with the technical people. So yeah, this is something that I picked up from Innovation Week and I still use it. And yeah, it, it was great. It was really great. <laughs> great experience. I don't know if I can add on to this. I'm yeah. slightly tangential, but um, so because I'm actually an accountant by trade, I'm not actually a data person per se, although I've always used data, but I'm um, kind of transitioning to the role I'm now, but then working with Christina, that genuinely that design functionality that she's using and explaining for someone who doesn't have that kind of coding language knowledge as in depth as she has, it's made a massive difference in explaining to someone like myself, but then also people like she was saying who have absolutely zero knowledge they can understand it they can follow it, they can totally get it yep. which means that it kind of it's demystified some of that for them as well so I didn't realize that's where she got it from so yeah. that's brilliant <laughs> yeah I think from a data lab point of view um, we, we saw or we read a lot about money going into lots of students but a lot of them ultimately failing in their first role and we were thinking why is that it's because they just want to leave their their masters wherever and get straight into data and, and we know in business that's not how it works i remember the first year i think you maybe in the first year when christian was snook and i was working in a group and they were really upset there was no data for the first two days it was like they were having withdrawal symptoms like it's going to be okay you'll, you'll be okay at the end of this and they realized at the end of the fourth day that it was okay um uh, but they need to go through that painful journey to understand really what it's about. So it's great to hear your experience. Yeah, it was absolutely quite uh, <laughs> um, quite shocking that we're not supposed to do any data science for a week because that was the mindset that we were having um, and the expectations we were having. But it was definitely a good experience. I really enjoyed that uh, we had interaction with the stakeholders and it was definitely some work experience before actually graduating. So even if you hadn't been through the placement, you had some work experience, industrial experience through the Innovation Week, which was really, really amazing. Okay. That's awesome. great. I was just thinking, just kind of building on what you're talking about, it was just kind of amusing. Because um, that was a different week that you that you were on, one that I hosted or I helped host, but it was exactly the same. and the. The students knew the data was there somewhere, locked up, and they kept on trying to sneak conversations and buy me a beer and things like that. Can I get the data? Can I just have a wee look at the data? <laughs> I know we're innovating and all that, but give me the data. And it, yeah, it was really, it was really quite amusing holding it back from them. So maybe design something around the crystal maze or something. Some ideas to get your data. You need to do all these things first for the next one. Um, I think you know, and we need to definitely give a big shout out to Snook, who are a design thinking agency that we partnered with for doing that because they enabled all this to happen. And I think you also referred to MBN Solutions, our partner for the uh, the placements, the skills training as well. And for us, and this ecosystem is about who we partner with to make these things happen. It's not purely the data lab. Um, I think touch well, expanding on that then, Barry, on, on the hiring piece. So, you know, when you're hiring data people, you kind of take it for given now they've got certain data, data technical skills. Are there any other key things that you look for when you're hiring? Well, let's, let's put it into two, graduates and then professionals. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, we have, we have, we have had a, a lot of interviews over the last number of years and, um, I think in somebody to work in RBS, they've got to be really enthusiastic about data, be really motivated about applying that within a, a, a financial business. Most people have that, um, so it is really important, but most people that I interview would have that enthusiasm. I think where candidates separate themselves out is understanding how you can apply that um, and how, how can you drive that through to benefits and use your skills to see some benefits. Um, and applying it um, isn't just having the vision, but it's also then caring about what you're doing and influencing others along the way. Because, uh, you know, you, you if you've got an idea, it's not going to be the case that uh, necessarily people will want it at the time that you are able to do it. So it's, it's kind of influencing through the network to make sure that your idea is the one that... Um, that we can carry forward, and then also doing the follow-up, and um, so not just doing a wee piece, and um, you know, and then letting somebody else implement it, or if they implement it, fine. If they don't, it doesn't matter. 
it's actually having that care to follow up and say, oh, oh that thing that we did, did, did what happened with that? It'd be really good to to find out if there was benefits that we got from it. Is there anything I can do to help if there wasn't? Um, so that, that tends to separate candidates, people that have that mindset to really, you know, drive benefits from the use of data as opposed to just being enthusiastic about data. Yeah. And probably for graduates and, and for people that are already in employment, um, it, folk that are already in employment, it's usually easier to pick examples that demonstrate um, you know, how they've applied it, but it can also be the case for graduates. Um, I think for graduates, those that have been on industrial placements, things like that, where they've had, shown an interest already about going out there and applying their skills, gives them a benefit um, in that interview. Okay, and Greg, from your perspective, I can ask, so a lot of data science has been hired, or my observation is that they do actually come from physics backgrounds. Yeah. A lot of people I speak to in industry now are from physics backgrounds. Um, how do you, what's the most challenging thing to transition? If you're in a physics research background, um, what's the one thing that you need to learn if you're going to migrate into a, a corporate or business position? I think, uh, and how do you do that actually as well? I think, um, so I think a big thing for me was coming from, you know, from like you know, particle physics, that big sort of CERN, big organised lab is that you know, people have spent a lot of time thinking about the, the flow of the data from the, from the from the experiment all the way through to the kind of end user. So it's actually, thinking back, it's actually quite a remarkable system that they have to get quite, you have very, very high quality data all the way through several levels of processing to, to get to the end user. And we don't, we, I think we're not there yet in, in, in the banking system. So there's big issues of data quality, you know, constantly checking that what you're trying to look at is actually, is, is, is correct and it's not being mishandled by someone due to some mistake or you know, there are many things you have to check that you maybe didn't have to do so much in, in a physics background because you thought about that you know end to end in the design of any experiment that you've done so that, I think that's a big a big thing for me and I think maybe also to the previous point about what sort of things do I look for in people I think you know it's, it's called, called data science so we shouldn't forget the science part of, of that and people need to know about data but also how to design particular you know little experiments you want to test with the, the data and I think I always look for people who don't just know how to code but know how if they sort of look at a, a, like a plot or a graph they open that that, so that doesn't look right but they, they can have the, the kind of sniff test that they, they can understand data at some level because they've been playing with it for years in their in their science experiments they kind of know something's not quite right and then they know they have the kind of proactivity to then try and actually understand what's wrong with it and that's people like that really succeed I think in, in these types of roles because they they're always asking the questions to understand what's really going on at the heart of some some problem okay fantastic so um moving on uh, to a couple of other areas now <coughs> data lab is just one part of a growing ecosystem around data innovation across all of Scotland and today we are in our offices which are based in the Bays building at University of Edinburgh. Now RBS have chosen to take some space in this building because it's a co-working space with industry, academia, uh, public sector. I wanted to ask you Barry, why did you choose to take space in the Bays building? You've referred to it in a couple of places uh, previously but what, what was the fundamental driver to do that and what are you looking to get out of that? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I mean we've talked already about the importance in our for RBS to innovate in the data space. Um, but I th we recognize that all of the innovation doesn't need to come from us. So it's, um, you know, and that's impossible. So we need to, it's important to look at what's going on outside of RBS in the world. Um, I think it kind of uh, came to life for me personally a few years ago when I was at a conference and a lady from California was, uh, who worked in Spotify uh, was talking about um, a way she dealt with a problem to encourage um, her customers to listen to playlists for longer. And it was using quite a cool uh, science approach where, um, uh, there's no point going into detail just now, but um, but yeah, it was, it was a, a new way of thinking about quite what is quite a complex problem where there's a obviously an infinite number of songs that you can choose from and an infinite number of customers that might be choosing the the, the songs 
Um, and the approach that she applied was something I thought, well, absolutely that ties in with banking because um, with banking, we've got millions of customers and we've got millions of interactions that we could have with customers and millions of, uh, uh, and then on top of that, millions of chains of interactions that we could have over time. Um, so it was a similar problem and we could tackle it in a, in a similar way. And so I followed up with her afterwards to say, you know, could we uh, share a wee bit more detail on what you did there? I said, well, yeah, so I, I based it on a research paper that was done um, by a university. And then I asked, well, what university? And it turned out it was a, a research, it wasn't an Edinburgh University, it was Glasgow University. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of all the way came back to Scotland. I thought, well, that's just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> we we sit here, so surely we can, rather than going to California and back, build a stronger community um, within Scotland where we're kind of tapping into where there's real expertise building up in, in the universities. Um, so that was, that, that, and that kind of thing is shared across a lot of people in the bank, and that's why we really wanted to, not you know to be physically part of where there are collaborations and and I think when you're physically closer to it, you just kind of find out more what's happening and it's easier to connect to the people that can really add value to the business. And so, what are your kind of planned interactions then with the, the ecosystem around Bayes and the university? You, you mentioned earlier you've got the room you do spikes of activity with groups. Yeah, uh, there are there other kind of things you've got in the yeah. In the I just um. You know, I would I would say we're probably still learning how to get into a good rhythm with it. Um, so, but we have uh, come to base with a list of these are the sort of things that we're tackling in the bank. Um, are there areas of expertise within the university or within maybe some of the uh, startups that are also connected to to base? Um, and we've kind of gone down to say, well, th- this one feels like this is a real area where Edinburgh University maybe is market leading um, in the research that's being done and so we have set up um, a couple of collaborations to work with the researcher and that can also mean bringing in an MSc or PhD student as well to support that work and so we've been we've been doing that kind of as one-off activities but we want to get into more of a rhythm um, and connecting through I mean, there's a number of seminars that, that we've attended, but we'd quite like to make that more of a two-way thing. Um, so we're, we're looking at maybe partnering with some of the courses and doing some guest lectures and things that we've, with how we've applied data science within banking um, just to you know, keep, that, keep that, those ideas flowing. Okay. And as we say here, we've also got this other massive programme, the Data Driven Innovation Programme, uh, as part of the Edinburgh City Region deal um, with a £650 million investment in data-driven innovation um, for the region. A, a key part of that um, and some of the stuff that we're looking at is how you retrain people at risk of automation as, as jobs move on with data and AI. And as a large organisation um, operating around the country and around the world, I wonder what approaches that you're looking to take in terms of offering reskilling to colleagues in different departments who may want to work in more technical roles or other areas of the bank. Are you guys, do you guys have a strategy around that or trying things out now? Yep, yep sure. Um, I'll kick off and others can add what's happening in, in the different areas, but we uh, we certainly see the need to um, increase specialism in certain areas to get, um, to get the most out of the workforce and also for the workforce to get the most out of themselves. And um, the the reskilling aspect of that, a lot of it still would happen in role. So in role training is really important, I think, and, and applying it on the job and having support within the job. But we we saw the need to create a a, a bigger resource for people to um, to reskill in in particular areas. Um, we have focused courses on data science and data engineering. Um, but that will expand to other data uh, specialisms. And I think it's fair to say that the demand is much greater than we imagined it would be. Um, So in the first year, we've had 4,000 people uh, register for courses and 2,000 folk actually completing a course. 
um, in the bank. So, and that's a, that's a big proportion of our staff. Um, and given that's just the first year and it's only the first two disciplines that we've put in place, um, that's a, a huge demand. Much yeah, probably the bit that surprised me is just from the breadth of the interest. So it's we kind of imagined that in data analytics and risk and and finance there would be demand, but actually it's come from everywhere. Yeah, Greg. Sorry if you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's been massively successful. I mean, we we kind of have you know sort of bite sized courses that people can just dip into to mm-hmm. learn a bit of Python or you know some data analysis, but then we have like full. Um, uh, you know, three, four month long courses. You know, one, two days a week. People to dedicate to learning new tools, how to process data on the cloud, um, statistics. You know, there's a whole series of different um, online courses they can follow, uh, and it's. I think it's it's been really useful to have that again. This data science community to help people share that 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 journey, that expertise amongst themselves. So, I think it, it's. I think it's been um, very well received. Yeah. It sounds hugely successful. Um, a question I would ask is: so, are you procuring the online content and the creation of that, and the the teaching face to face, or are you asking your staff to create these things and deliver? How's it kind of? It's a bit. It's a bit of both. We have we've, we've partnered with um, um, sort of well-known um, uh, online training providers. Yeah. So they, I guess they provide the, the bulk of the those are three, four month long um, courses, but we do have regular um, spotlights and um, seminars from internal staff talking about you know, machine learning or data science basics. Um, I've, done, I've done some stuff on explainable um, machine learning. So the, 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 we do try and tap into that internal expertise as well. Um, if, if there's a, a gap to be filled, it's not covered by the, the, the third parties. It's, yeah, it's been, uh, I think, really, really good um, activity. So do you think there might be an option of spinning that out into a separate business? Because I'd imagine a lot of large, <laughs> large corporates could actually benefit. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, that, that's maybe something for 2020. <laughs> Great. So uh, to round off, I want to ask you each the same question, get your perspective on it. Um, so in your personal journey with RBS, what's the most important lesson that you've learned in using data to add value to the business? So let, let's work our way around. So let's start with you, Yaki. What's the most important thing you've learned? So my perspective on this is slightly is um, coloured by the fact that I came from a discipline which wasn't kind of within mm-hmm. data. Um, and I would say it's not to be scared of data or the new technologies or the kind of the automation that comes with that as well, but rather embrace it and view it as an opportunity as well because <clears throat> for people who are not from that space, you still have... We, I suppose you can call the domain knowledge, the business knowledge, the kind of that business acumen that they can apply into that. Mm-hmm. Um, because from my perspective, no matter how good the data is, no matter how good the processing is, if it's not applied to something that can actually add value, it is of little value. So it's to kind of use the knowledge that you do have and apply it into these things, you know, is, is where, the, in my opinion, is where a lot of the value comes from as well. So. Don't be scared of the data. Don't be scared of these new processes and the new technologies. Embrace them and rather be part of the journey. Okay, and Christia? Um, so I guess my point builds on what Yaki said. Um, so I guess even if you have the best quality of data, the smartest, the fanciest um, AI algorithm, um, I guess to what value you really need the business knowledge in and you really need to adjust that in your processes and in your algorithms. And I think collaboration is a key thing between data specialists and people with business knowledge in order to add value through a product. So yeah, I guess that would be my point. All right, cool, thanks. I think um, um, I think the first word that came to mind when you said it was is timing. So I think timing's everything. There's lots of things we can do with data, but just kind of, um, really understanding where what, what's important for the bank, what's important for customers at different stages and then and then getting the timing right for ideas is really important for it to land. Um, I've been on the wrong side of that in the past um, and then kind of four years later we can be applying things that I'd kind of thought of a, a while ago but that's okay. I mean, it's, uh, it's just kind of 
um, yeah, making sure you're relevant at the right time is really important. Greg? So two, two things for me. Okay. If I'm allowed. You're not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for, first one, kind of quite technical. So I think just having your data in a single place that's accessible for anyone to use within within reason, obviously, is critical. You know, just being able to, as a data scientist, have the, the right access permissions, have a platform to get access to the data, to start connecting disparate sources together to see if there's any value and any connections that could you know, potentially ha- drive some new product or drive some efficiency gain in the organisation. That's that's critical to remove those barriers. And then I think the second one maybe talks to some of the points that the guys made before is just, you know, have quite often in our team have come up with some nice ideas, shown some value, run some proof of concept that really shows that we can make some process much more efficient in the organisation. And then you be you kind of take it the 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 stakeholders along that journey, show them what what it, it can do, but they still don't really sort of fully buy into it. I think somehow because maybe they've not come from that data background, they don't really understand what it is that machine learning is doing. Maybe they're scared of it. So I think there's a, a big kind of education part, which you know we talked about in the data academy aspect, but just bringing non-data experts along that journey is absolutely critical to make sure that you can really get the value out of whatever some smart data scientists thinks is um, is useful so that that's I think we're still learning how to do that um, as we move into different parts of the bank that maybe haven't been touched by data science in the past so that's just a, yeah just a continual education of the whole workforce so don't be afraid collaborate time your ideas to land and then the two for you Greg <laughs> data platforms and make sure you take everybody on the journey with you yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Um, thanks for your continued support and collaboration with both ourselves and the ecosystem. It's been amazing to hear what you're doing. I had no idea the depth of what you're doing, and um, it sounds like you're an exemplar for how you're doing it in large businesses. So thank you very much, and good luck for the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.